the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, a church that exists to help people like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. That's according to John 10.10. And today we continue in this brand new series started recently at River City called Jesus Has Left the Building and Rediscovering the Biblical Jesus. Pastor Sean is now in Matthew chapter 11 and God's invitation to rest. This is Real Life Radio. How are you doing in the Bible reading? A little better than last time. We kind of shamed you in, in a purely biblical way, of course. But you guys have taken up the challenge. I, I promise you, the Lord will talk to you. Um, we, we had in our elders meeting this last week, uh, one of our elders, often the poor guy who couldn't make the meeting, you know, we kind of throw him under the bus. Okay, you're doing devotions next time we just text him, tell him. Well, it was Mark McLemore this last time who did our devotions, and he just shared some things that the Lord had been saying to him through his gospel reading. And one of the things he reminded us that I had asked us to ask a couple questions every time we read one of those gospels. What does this show me about Jesus? Uniquely, what do I see about Jesus? Remove the blinds, what do I see about Jesus? And then what is he asking me to do about it? What am I supposed to understand and apply and do? And I'm like, hey, Mark, at least somebody's listening. That's awesome. But he brought us a great word just from what God was saying to him. And I hope you're having that experience. I know I am, and I'm, you know, I've been a pastor for over 25 years, and I'm seeing things in the gospel that, you know, just are fresh and are different. And we're seeing Jesus in his kind of just natural setting as he walked about, around with people. And we kind of have to take the church blinders off and just to see him as he really is. One of the things... I've tried to teach throughout just our journey together is that if you know the one you serve, you'll never have to worry about knowing what to do, right? We always are all freaked out and worried about what to do. If you know the one you serve, if you are intimately acquainted with Jesus and connected with him, knowing what to do becomes much simpler just because he's with you and leading and guiding. And one of the things we will discover as we walk with Jesus is that he loves his people to go out and serve and minister to the poor the needy those who are outside the circle so to speak and so i told you we're going to be doing something called saturday serve it's actually we're going to begin on october 19th we're doing something with the leaders this month trying to help them get some momentum but uh one of our brothers actually in the service frank morris frank god bless you he's given some point leadership along with the team to our saturday serve and what we're doing is connecting with organizations around our city people who have need. Some of you have made great suggestions. If you have those, keep them coming. Just opportunities that there's someone who needs ministry that some folks from River City could serve. And so we're just designating that third Saturday of the month as hands and feet. Saturday, really. Be the hands and feet of Jesus. And, you know, they're going to have some projects of a number of people, and we can just help send people out. So I want to encourage you in your groups, talk about this. Plan on being a part of it. I hope it's really a springboard. It's not like, okay, I can't serve unless it's the third Saturday of the month because other than that, no. You can serve whenever. 
but we want to, as a fellowship, intentionally say, okay, we are going to do something in our city. We're going to make a difference being the hands and feet of Jesus. So I want you to be looking for that. That's going to be an awesome, awesome experience. Now, we've seen that keeping Jesus locked up in the building, and by this we mean the church building, our religious lenses cause some real problems. It really does. It becomes too sterile, too insulated, too much of a study and less of an actual vibrant experience of our Creator. And that's what we want to see. Now, one of the things that we often experience in our context as the church is in trying to connect people with kingdom-type activities and connect people in the ministries of the kingdom is that people are so busy and exhausted that they really don't have any space. They don't have any margin in their lives to be able to be involved in kingdom things. You know, I mean, we wear that with like kind of a badge of honor. How many times have you asked someone, oh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm busy. Why'd you just breathe hard? You have to. When you say, you, you, I mean, you're like, we've been sitting here at a table. You, you, did you run here or something? I've, I've seen you. You're, why are you out of breath all of a sudden? You know, it's not that they're faking. It's actually that something inside of us, when we say that, how's it going? Oh, busy. It's actually honestly expressing the out of breath feeling that our soul and our spirit is experiencing there's all kinds of reasons that people get wrapped up and tied up you know we are one driven culture and we really sometimes you have to step back and look at other places and see wow we're even more driven than them seattle times had a news article and shared that nearly 10 million americans worked more than 60 hours a week last year the u.s bureau of labor and statistics discovered that we outpaced the famously productive and hardworking Japanese in hours worked. We're the only developed nation without mandatory vacation time. Really, I remember when I went over to Europe a few years back, spent some time in Germany, and, and you know, I, I'd heard how meticulous and how, how hardworking and how exact the Germans were. And all that was true. Except they take more vacation time, weekends. I mean, they're totally different. We have got, if, if it comes to drivenness and exhaustion, we have got the world beat. Okay? We can se- successfully say we're number one in the overstressed, overworked, overburdened category. Listen to how people spend, again, this is the Bureau of Labor and Statistics, 2012 report, how Americans age 15 and over spend their time. And they shared just percentages of time. And this chart tells, okay, in the course of a day, and this is averages, this isn't every day, but this is average in the course of a week. Personal care, including sleeping, 9.49 hours. Work, 8.5 hours a day. Now that's average, remember. You go, well, that's not so bad. Well, that includes all the people working 10 and 12 hours a day, and then those who are maybe part-time, working, you know, four or six hours a day, okay? Homework, yard work, 2.36 hours per day. Shopping, 1.74 hours a day. Child care, 2.9 hours a day. Leisure activities, 5.58 hours a day. Religious activities, 1.66 hours a day. Now, I'm not sure I believe that one. Okay, I just think it's an anonymous survey, but they're like, well, God knows, so I better put this down. See, God, look... Like lying on a survey helps, okay? I I don't know about that one. But a couple interesting things jump out to me. The first is that leisure time. When you consider average work time is 8.5 hours, average leisure activities, 5.58 hours a day. That means someone's watching a lot of TV 
or doing a lot of kids' sports, or a lot of entertainment, a lot of movies, a lot of whatever it is in the context of our time. We're, we're, we're busy, we're packed, but we've got a big chunk of time that we say, okay, we've got time for leisure activities. Another thing that stood out to me is when I added all those up, it adds to 30.97 hours a day. Now, I'm not a math major or anything, but... What that says is we're cramming too much in our day. We're cramming 31 hours worth of stuff in a 24-hour day. Then that's a problem. That is an absolute problem. And I, I honestly, as I look at this, I, I'm like, it really is. I remember the first time I had a parent tell me that because of all the activities and all the stuff, that their child couldn't come to their scheduled baptism because coach had scheduled an extra soccer game and got to make the soccer game, so... Baptism's about your eternal soul. Soccer's like entertainment, right? Yeah, but no, 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 we, we made a commitment. But this is God, <laughs> the Lord of all things. And it's just, you know, it's a constant thing. The kids' activities, we pack them on, pack them on, pack them on. Our own work schedules, our own s- studies, our own things we're trying to achieve, our own financial goals, our agendas. And the bottom line is people have zero margin in their lives. And you know what it feels like to say, someone, have someone ask you, how are you doing? Oh, oh, I'm so busy. Let me just say, that is not God's design. He didn't intend that. We're not getting brownie points for it. And he has something better. And that's what we're going to look at in the scriptures today. If you have your Bibles or your electronic device, whatever, where you read the scripture from, turn to Matthew chapter 11, because you're going to want to follow along on this one, okay? You're going to want to follow along in the scriptures. Matthew 11, beginning at verse 1, this is a really interesting encounter, and I think we sometimes skip over it because it's awkward and a little uncomfortable. But we're not going to do that because I think it's very instructive in the course of what we're talking about this morning. We read, after Jesus had finished instructing the 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. Now listen, when John, talking about John the Baptist, remember we talked about John last week, he declared Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I can't be baptized by you, Jesus. You should be baptizing me. No, no, John, do it. That righteousness be fulfilled. So he, he did it, but he understood clearly, I'm not worthy to tie his sandals. This is John the Baptist, who is now in prison, When John heard in prison what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, are you the one who was to come, or should we expect someone else? What happened? Now, I know John's in prison, and certainly that can affect your perspective. He could sit and simply be saying, you know, I'm the one who's prophesied of to foretell the Savior. I'm the one who's serving Jesus. I'm doing, why am I in prison? And, you know, it was suggested maybe John's having a little pity party. I I don't think so. I really don't. I mean, John's kind of a tough guy, okay? He eats locusts for lunch, okay? I really don't think he's sitting in prison crying. No, no, I think it's something else. Because it says, it says, when John heard in prison what Christ was doing, he sent his disciples. What was he doing? Well, let's go on here and see what it tells us. So they come, they ask him, are you the one or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, 
Those who have leprosy are cured. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. Listen to that little phrase. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. Fall away. In the Greek, that word really means to stumble. Some of the other translations translate that. Blessed is the man who is not offended because of me. The man who's not hindered. John's in prison, and as much as he is the prophet who was to prepare the way for Jesus, there's something so different about what Jesus is doing and how he's doing it that even John is having a hard time grasping what's going on here. He's not sure Jesus is what he expected. Now, you remember we talked about the WWJD versus WDJD moments? What would Jesus do versus what did Jesus do? You can't really ever know what would Jesus do. That's the second question. Good question. What would Jesus do? But it's the second question, not the first, because the first question is, what did Jesus do? How am I ever going to know what Jesus would do if I don't really know what Jesus did do? Which is why we're doing this whole series. This is the first WWJD versus WDJD moment in history. John is having it because Jesus is doing something totally different than he expected. And he doesn't know how to process it. And this is John the Baptist we're talking about. You're listening to Real Life Radio, a service of River City Community Church, as you're hearing the second message in a new series called Jesus Has Left the Building and Rediscovering the Biblical Jesus. In fact, you can find the first several messages on the sermons link at reallife.org. You hear them there, and then you'll be caught up when you hear the rest live when you come visit River City. And here's Pastor Sean with an invitation for you. Hi, this is Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church. I want to let you know about a series we're beginning, really more a journey of discovery called Jesus Has Left the Building, Rediscovering the Biblical Jesus. Now, Jesus Christ is one of the most well-known, off-quoted, yet misunderstood personalities in all of human history. The church he launched changed the entire course of Western civilization and beyond. Yet sometimes it feels like that church has lost its way in recent years. Is it possible that we've forgotten the real Jesus? Or worse, reinvented him to suit our purpose or politics? We're hoping to start a very important conversation, and we'd love for you to be a part. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road, right across from Atama Park. Service times are 9 and 11. River City is a church for real life. Our home on the web is reallife.org. So to find out everything you need to know, stop by our website at reallife.org. We hope to see you soon on the road to real life. Welcome back as we return to this message and the word. This is Real Life Radio. Now let's look down at verse 16 through 19. First, before that, Jesus commends and affirms John in the eyes of these people. John's in prison. His disciples, a few of his disciples are there. And Jesus does declare, he says, no, no, John is the great prophet, the one whom it was foretold that he would prepare the way, the one they were expecting. In fact, he quotes, he says, the Elijah who was to come in verse 14, he says. But then in verse 16, he gives us some insight. He says, to what can I compare this generation? Jesus is speaking. They're like children sitting in the marketplace, calling out to others. Well, we played the flute for you, and you didn't dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. And then he says this, verse 18. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came, Jesus, came eating and drinking, and they say here's a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. And then he gives us a very wise piece of advice, which is just on a side note is worth writing down and remembering. But wisdom is proved right by her actions. 
we get into so many debates about what's wise, what's not, what's right, what's wrong, what philosophy, what persuasion, whatever. Wisdom is proved right by her actions. Really, our actions always produce fruit, and fruit always tells the story, doesn't it? It's just a good note worth keeping, good bit of advice from Jesus. So John didn't eat or drink, i.e. he fasted. He didn't eat or drink anything outside of what they interpreted the law to mean. But they said John has a demon because they didn't like it, like him and because he called him out. Jesus came eating and drinking, and they say here's a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. See, Jesus is right now highlighting two systems for us, the law and liberty. And I need you to remember this, the law and liberty. And both systems have the end of righteousness. And actually, both systems are designed to work together. John was the absolute perfect expression of living within the law. And I'm talking about the law of Moses, the Old Testament prophets, the law. Understand something about John. We think of John, and we think of him as a New Testament character, don't we? He's not. John is the last, the final, and the greatest Old Testament prophet. That's what Jesus says. We'll read that in a moment. He is an Old Testament prophet, and he's coming after 400 years of silence. Israel had always had prophets among them to bring the word of the Lord, but for 400 years there was silence. And then comes John the Baptist in the classic tradition of the Old Testament prophet. And Jesus even says he is Elijah that was promised, the one who is like Elijah that would be coming. This is him. And John totally lived kind of the letter of the law like the Pharisees did. He did it better than they did. And it was in keeping with his message. What was John's message? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus brings this other understanding and this idea of liberty in relation to the law. And that's what Jesus is bringing. Security, security to the front. (laughs) Help these guys. Somebody, who are they looking for? You guys wave. No, find find who you're looking for. Somebody help these guys out. (laughs) Jesus is bringing this idea of liberty in the context of redemption along with the law. Now understand, what what we have to grasp here is the goal of the law. And this is very important. The goal of the law was to show us our need or our insufficiency, the impossibility of our own righteousness on our own. The law, God's standard, Jesus says is good. The problem is not with the law. The problem is that no one can live up to it because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And listen to what Paul writes in the book of Romans. Romans 8, verses 3 and 4. He tells us specifically the issue with the law. He says, For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. Do you understand this? The problem wasn't with the law. The law was unable to bring righteousness because of our sinful nature. The law is this perfect standard. This illustration of the space between God's righteousness and man's very best. John understood that, and that's why he brought a message of repentance. What the law was powerless to do and that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin and sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. So John's upholding the strict interpretations of the law's righteousness, similar to the religious leaders of the day, 
And that's what resulted in his message of repentance. He of all people knew our need to repent. Jesus expands and illuminates and illustrates the nature of true righteousness as God intended. And what he begins to do is model and introduce liberty from the legalistic interpretation of the law. Now, of course, the religious leaders of the day reject them both. Now, listen, here's where it's all unpacked, and here's where we get to know, learn the secret. Matthew eleven eleven. okay? Verse 11. Listen to what Jesus says about John the Baptist. He says, I tell you the truth. Among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Anyone find that puzzling? Among those born among women, not anyone greater than John the Baptist, yet he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Do you remember what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 20? Unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you can't enter the kingdom. You see, that's the whole point Jesus is totally kind of exposing this illustration the very thing that the very thing that needed a savior in us our sin nature is on full display here scripture says that our sin has created a death penalty wages of sin is what death but the gift of god is eternal life through jesus christ our lord jesus christ himself comes lives a sinless life offers that life on the cross to pay the penalty, the just and right penalty for your sins and for mine so we can be set free. So righteousness of the law is fulfilled in Jesus. And we, as we surrender our lives to him, as we find repentance and restoration and healing in him, we are set free by his very presence and his very nature. John was the last and greatest of the Old Testament prophets the greatest of all who were under the law, but Jesus is bringing and introducing a different way, and even John is having a hard time putting it all together. Isn't it interesting? In verse 5, none of the fruit that Jesus listed, in verse 5, listen, it was when he, John's disciples ask if Jesus is the one. He says, tell John what's happening. Tell him what you hear and see. Listen, the blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and good news is preached to the poor. Six things he lists, and not one of them involves one ounce of human effort. And this was hard for John to understand. He asked, why would anyone be offended by the message of Jesus? Well, if you're a person who is working really hard to be righteous, if you still think you can be good enough, if you still think you do deserve a reward for your efforts in being good enough, the gospel is downright offensive to you. And Jesus brings it all clear and kind of ties it up with a bow in verses 25 through 30 of Matthew 11. And he says this. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, this was your good pleasure. All things have been known to me all things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And right away, all of our theologians go, oh, so he only reveals him to some, and that old argument between a, a strict interpretation of election and free will come into play. Election says, a strict interpretation of election says, God only chose some. It is a list of names, and those will be offered eternal life. 
and all the rest, sadly, will be justly penalized for their sins and separated from God forever. I don't think that's what the Bible necessarily teaches. See, because Jesus doesn't stop there. And no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And then he tells us who that is. Listen, verse 28 through 30. So powerful, so simple. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You're taking notes, write this down. Here's the big idea. The invitation is to everyone, but most aren't tired enough to hear it. (laughs) The invitation is to everyone, but most aren't tired enough to hear it. Tired of what? Tired of trying to measure up on your own. Trying to be good enough for God. Trying to be perfect in everything that you do in life trying to be that person, trying to to be perfect at work, trying to be perfect at home, trying to have perfect kids, trying to be perfect financially, trying to be perfect in all this so somehow I can be good enough. And what Jesus is saying is that is exhausting. This message, this invitation to rest is open to everyone. Sadly, though, most aren't tired enough to hear it. This is only for those who are weary and burdened and are beginning to understand, I can't live up to God's law. I can't live up to the standard. I can't be good enough. So what does God have for me? And into that scenario, Jesus says, oh, I've got everything for you. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Thank you, Pastor Sean. You've been listening to Real Life Radio as next week we'll continue this new series called Jesus Has Left the Building rediscovering the biblical jesus it's available right now as a free download when you find the sermons link at reallife.org but we invite you to do more than just hear the word but to see and to do when you join us at river city community church located on lookout road right behind rotama park you can see all the details directions and service times also at reallife.org if you'd like to call the church the number is 210-490-5262 as Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church, we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.